What's up, what's up? Today's the big game. Uh, I am Mason. What's up? I'm Adam. This is the philosopher and the comedian. What game? Uh, the big game. You can't call it the thing because you'll get sued. Uh, but it is a sports event where people throw balls. I love sports ball. Sports ball. Yes. yes. Today's a big sports ball game. A lot of people are out, you know, eating wings and taking bets. I got to say, uh, the town is remarkably quiet and free of traffic. Yes, yes. Everybody's at uh, their local sports bar watching the big game. Um, sports ball. Sports ball game with, uh, you know, 45-year-old men throwing footballs. Oh, shit. I said I said what sport? Oh, shit. I'm going to get sued. Did you play sports when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. All of them. I played all the sports when I was a kid. I played six years of football. I played two years of soccer. You're so small. How did you play that long? I was football? fast. Oh, was oh before right. I smoked cigarettes. So I was, <laughs> I was really, really fast. And I was uh, in Pop Warner. I was what they called an older lighter. So uh, they went by weight. So I was like two years older and way taller than all the other kids. Oh, my but God. I was, I was in the same weight class because I was so <laughs> scrawny. So I was running circles around these kids. There was never a chance. I was really, I was really good at it back in my heyday, you know, when I was yeah. like, 13 years old, you know, in my prime. That's prime. <laughs> you just like peaked at 13. I peaked at 13 for sure. Maybe 16 uh, total physical appearance. I peaked at 16. Um, and it's just been downhill. And now there's this garbage that we're all looking at today. Right. You know, just walking around. Speaking of garbage, um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't have anything. I was prepared. like, whoa, shit, what's he going to say? <laughs> no, uh, so uh, this week, uh, we we're supposed to have a guest. Guest fell through. Things happen. It is the big game today, so stuff happens. But uh, always, always a fan of just sitting and talking with my boy Adam anyway. So, boy. So we both have some pretty big things going on, you know, things on the horizon. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on, my friend. What I'm going on is. Anyways, I have a podcast. Um, <laughs> a gentleman reached out to me. He runs a podcast called the Don't Assume Podcast. And it's a really interesting um, podcast where they talk about what assumptions people have negatively and positively about a certain person, you know, a group of people, whether it be people's career, you know, um, or um, whatever they're into, you know, what do people generally assume about them? Um, they have a, a co-host on and... Um, they chatted a little bit about assumptions with what it means to be an artist and what it means to be a local artist. And uh, then I came on the podcast and answered a little bit of questions about my life and how I relate to some of these assumptions people have based, you know, of artists and if any of these, you know, assumptions are accurate or not, you know. Um, it was really cool. It's called the Don't Assume Podcast. And is it a local one or is it this something is a that podcast. you did like a zoom in? I did a zoom thing. in, so it's just an audio okay. um, copy of the podcast. Um, you can find them on all the major platforms. Um, it's just Don't Assume Podcast. Um, really cool. I listened to a couple of the episodes to see what I was getting into um, to be a part of it. Great, great program, man. It was like... It you know it's it's uh more up my, my speed yeah you yeah, know, yeah you're you're you like the the ridiculous comedy ones which is awesome and I'm a little bit more into the enlightened interesting interesting enlightened, you yeah. know talk radio boring stuff yeah, you yeah. know I, I like it um so it was great that I was able to you know share some light onto for me yeah I just talked about myself for you know 20 minutes so yeah if you want to learn a little bit about me and my journey for from being an artist. Um, and why I do the certain things I do with the community and how it enriches my life and, you know, why even, why take the time to do stuff like that, you know? 
Um, so I kind of shared a little bit of my journey with that. And um, it was really cool. It was fun. It was exciting cool, to be on it. Um, the episode releases, um, by the time our podcast should be out, um, the Don't Assume podcast featuring myself will probably be out, you know. Um, like I said, you can find it on any any platforms. Um, go give them a look. Give them a follow. Um, you know, it's, you know, we're trying to support our local community. And in uh, if you like boring stuff, yeah, that's you, a little bit more introspective. And if you like hilarious stuff. So is it almost a sequel to the Epic of Gilgamesh? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did they ask you, uh, hey, you're a heavily tattooed person. How many times have you been to prison? Things like that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's you know, the types of typical, assumption kind of thing. But we, like, weren't, we weren't focusing on the tattoo aspect of it. It was cool because they were focusing on the art artist side of it. Okay. So that's what we, we talked about. I have a little bit more of, you know, the unique perspective being a tattoo artist and owning a tattoo studio. Um, but I'm also a fine artist and I work with the community a lot. And that's what I like to foster. So they were like, they were like, you wear like berets and yeah. <laughs> eat baguettes. You're well, very, very things. French. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, certain things like one assumption I remember they were thinking about was, um, you think about like the famous artist, Vincent Van Gogh, and he has, substance abuse problems and depression based problems gotcha. so is that do. something yeah. that we see that's what that's one of your assumptions right there you know so they asked me about what what my takes on that were and you know well i feel like <clears throat> i don't think that it's an assumption there has been a lot of famous artists in multiple art forms who uh who you say battle. that with anything say that about plumbers say that about <laughs> there you know, are dishwashers. probably a lot of plumbers say that about says, every there's, there's just a lot of people doctors. with substance abuse that's problems. what i'm saying yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. rough you know that's where you make that's why our assumptions are a little bit rough you well know? i do i do think though uh people who are more artistic maybe not substance abuse but uh mental health like uh, that's what i'm saying like struggle or you gotta like listen to the creative. podcast I, i'm gonna you have listen to, to i'm gonna have to give it a i listen. had a lot of really interesting insights to and you're just like no i'm healthy it. i don't i don't do drugs i'm healthy i'm happy i'm fine not suicidal things are great right <laughs> yeah. but i am an artist <laughs> but i am an artist no it's cool um i don't want to talk about it because yeah, yeah, yeah i, I, don't, I, don't, I delved don't into too much. it don't give too if, much if you're interested you know please check it out because i i thought it was really um i sound like such a pompous I thought it was so interesting how I was so good. On I thought I was so <laughs> interesting. I really think people are going to enjoy hearing me talk. But I mean, obviously they do. I mean, pe we have at people least, who watch us. At least seven to 12 followers follow us. So we're getting yeah. a little bit. That's what I'm saying. It only like, why do we do the things we do? Why do we create the things we create? Is it going to enrich the lives of a few people? Then might as well do that. Which what remember we talked my life. That's what I'm saying. It enriches my life to do these conversations. It enriches your life to be a part of this. Um, if we can try to inspire others to get off their butts and instead of talking about things they want to do, actually do doing them. Yeah. It feels a lot better to be a person that gets to do that kind of stuff with your with your for time. sure. Yeah. For sure. This has been one of the coolest things that I've done in my lifetime because it's something I want to do. You know, it's something yeah. that like I don't have to do this. Yeah, it feels good. I wake good, up and I'm like, you know? oh, I can't wait till Sunday. Like, it's 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 something to look forward to doing every mm -hmm. week. Before it was just like work and this <laughs> and all the mundane, you know, crap that we go through, and you get you get lost and you forget about taking care of yourself and not just physically but like mentally. Do things you want to do. Like, it's nice. Make time for yourself. Yeah, it's nice. Like I appreciate doing things that I want to do. So I went into making art for a living so i don't work i work hard yeah but there's that stupid saying that's like if you find something you like to do 
you know, you'll never work a day in your life, you know. And I, it's true. It's true. Yeah. I feel I work, really happy to, I work all to do the time, what I do. Is what I'm saying. You're so depressed <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I, they say that, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Well, I can tell you, I work 50 hours a week. <laughs> I work. Not loving it as much. I love it. I love what I'm doing. Yeah, I'd love to call in rich, you know, just win the lottery, call in rich. And just I don't even want to be rich. It'd be nice to be. Oh, no, I want it more than anything. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I feel rich being able to do the things that we're doing, you know. I'd buy an elephant. That'd be my first purchase. Why? You, Why? Got, you know how much food an elephant has to eat? I would buy it. I'd hang out with it for a month, and then I would, like. You can't just take it back. Donate it to a zoo. I'd like get a rescue elephant, take care of it, be friends with it, donate it to a zoo, not sell it to a zoo, donate it. And then I'd go and be my hang out. Whenever I want to see my elephant buddy, I can go to the zoo and hang out with my elephant buddy and they get a new elephant and I don't have to pay for all that and scoop the poop. That's good, man. Yeah. So you would still do something animal friendly. You wouldn't just buy an elephant to mess around with it. You're, you're helping an elephant at that point. I would I would cuddle with it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He will die. He will step on you. No, it's sleep time. <laughs> you ever think about like um, how painful it would be for a baby giraffe the moment they're born? Like for the giraffe or for the mother? No, for like the baby giraffe that has to fall like seven feet. Oh, yeah. That's probably <laughs> pretty painful. But I also feel like they're born with those long limbs. They just kind of step out. <laughs> You know, they just like put their feet on the ground and then they're like, okay, and then they fall over. But they just kind of step out of that shit. Have you ever seen a baby elephant after it was born trying to stand up? No. It, it's so cute. <laughs> it? It's the most adorable It's actually thing really um, sad because you're like, oh, yeah. just stand up, buddy. And you can't. Well, I mean, neither can baby humans. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't try. You don't, you don't really put the baby human directly on the floor, though. Like the elephant that is the elephant on, <laughs> on the floor. Elephant comes out of the bell. Yeah, no, I think that might be the problem with humanity. If we just dropped our calves right on the floor, you know, and let them figure it out. Like, now nah, you got to get up and fend for yourself now. What's wrong with you? If you're hungry, you have to, because like other animals don't pick their young up and put them on the tit. The babies have to get there. Have to figure out where they have the to figure is. out where to, to get to the tit. And I feel like at one point in humanity, it was probably like that, where they would have to army crawl across the floor and get to that tit, you know? Um, but they don't do that anymore because they're coddled. <laughs> Pick that newborn up and you put it on the tit yourself. That kid doesn't have to learn anything about how to take care of itself. Right out the womb. That, if you're hungry, it's right here. Get to it. I'll grab you. I'll open your mouth. Yeah, the and they, they do that whole thing. And then they're like, oh, it's not feeding right. And they'll reposition. It's like, let them figure that out a little bit. They're like three minutes old. <laughs> they should know better. Get a right job now. already. Get a job already. Jesus, you can't even find the tit. <laughs> Every other animal species. We're the smartest species, and our young can't even find the tit on their own. How are we, how are we the dominant species on this planet? We can't even thumbs. feed ourselves. It's thumbs. It's all thumbs. But I will say, apes, apes have thumbs, and they figure it out kind of a bit, a, a, a great bit more than we do. I couldn't find the tit. Still can't. <laughs> so we were talking about uh, big things. Uh, you got you're on your guest on a podcast coming out. I am also oh a guest on a podcast. This Is it as out. intellectual as the podcast I went on? Oh, I'm sure. It's extremely intellectual. What's it called? Uh, it's called Still Fucking Up Podcast. So intellectual. Um, 
you know, Aaron has been on our, our podcast now twice and uh, I've tried to get on his, but timing and, and schedules just keep screwing up. So I, I took actually an extra day off um, to make it work, to be on his podcast. So you're making it work. I'm making it work. Cause I really want to, nice. I really want to, uh, did you record this one yet? No, no, no. We record this week. Uh, it'll be out. I want to say, I think they release on Fridays, so it'll, it should be out this coming Friday. Um, don't quote me on that. I don't know what day, a hundred percent that they, I think it is Fridays because it's either Friday or Saturday. Cause I was at work when I got the notification cause I follow them. I subscribe. It's a uh, youtube.com slash S F U podcast. Um, there's, you know, they're more successful than us. They have their own URL already. You can find them on all the major platforms. You can find them on all the major platforms, <laughs> you know. Uh, if you had like, if we had like a little, you know, animals made of us, like stuffed animals or like action figures, the button that you press on the back. It's you can find us on all major <laughs> platforms. Yeah. That'd be the catchphrase. Yeah. But no, uh, uh, I have no idea what we're talking about with, uh, with those guys. You know, I, I haven't met Juan, the co-host yet, but, uh, we're both really excited to finally meet each other. But, uh, with me and Aaron, it could go. It's going to go all kinds of ways. It's going to go all kinds of ways. We don't really go into it ever having an idea of what we're going to talk about, right, right. but uh, it'll be it'll be really fun, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So you guys definitely look out for that coming out this next week. Um, and Adam's, like you said, it should be out on the Don't Assume podcast yeah. before this airs. Yeah, so if you're hearing this, this yeah. it's already there. Check it out. Yeah. It should be there. Yeah, and if you're hearing this, then mine on, on the SFU podcast will be in the next couple of days. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So, so it's uh so we've been doing this now we're uh episode 17 18 something 18. like that. Yeah. It's cool man. 18. Um everyone that I We're I've legal met, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we're 18 everyone now. Everyone that I've met in the podcast um community, it's been really cool. It's been on like other communities that I'm a part of in the fact that um so I I try to bring co- uh, collaboration into all the communities I'm a part of. Yeah. And it seemed like this small thing that all of us are doing these podcasting um, hosts are pretty collaborative and pretty yeah. open to talk to each other about what's happening well and know, it's not and like a competitive works. dickhead thing like you think that sometimes like uh with showbiz and stuff it would be right um right. but everybody that i've talked to same thing people with other podcasts and stuff and uh, i know aaron uh, he's had people who have their own podcasts as well on his yeah and it's the same thing it's people are very supportive and like, yeah, man, you're just starting out a podcast. You know, they might have a hundred more episodes than you and be more experienced, have a ton more followers, but they're willing to take their time and talk to you because they understand that grind. They understand what we're going through as an infancy of a podcast, just chasing that dream and doing something fun and bringing people together. That's, I think what every podcast that I've listened to is really kind of about just conversations. It's the best. Do you think people um, should talk like this more? Have you taken any of that collaborative learning, um, into other parts of your life? Nope. I have. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. You're here. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I've just, I, I've always kind of been that way where like I'm, I'm a social guy. So, I mean, I, I get to know people. I, I don't have a problem with that. So I don't think that I've taken anything from this to another realm in that aspect. Um, I mean, I'm going on other people's podcasts and, and you've always been like, like what you were just saying, you've always been someone that's really collaborative anyways. And yeah. Like when, when I was in a band, I would jam with different people yeah. and shit in the music anyway. industry, um, in the small, small scene music industry, it's collaborative, right? The, yeah. uh, the same kind of way, yeah. you know, different bands and everyone works together in the same fashion. Yeah. You book shows with people, then they'll, they'll give you a call and they'll be like, Hey, we got this show this weekend. We're looking for one more band. You guys right. want to play shit like that. So, I mean, I was already kind of, I mean, I'm 15 years removed from that now, but sure. it was already kind of a thing we did back in the day anyway. So this is no different. It's just a different art form. Different it happens platform. in the uh, local art 
world as well you know because when you become a member of certain um groups yeah. of artists that you know everyone pays for um membership and things like that um when you meet these other artists that are going to be doing probably something completely different than you are doing you you forge these bonds where if someone if you see someone's doing something really interesting yourself you're able to tell someone else about it and refer them to it yeah they know that you do a certain kind of thing and they'll refer people to you on that one so collaboration is like super super important for, well i know every us. time you do an art event because i've gone to a couple of them with the kids and stuff yeah there's other artists there too and it's, oh, yeah. i'm sure it's p reaching out to each other like hey we Definitely. got this event coming up you know i'd love to have you you could put some of your stuff or like there's a themed thing wh where you're painting a certain style or a certain um theme mm -hmm. and so then you reach out to other local artists and, and then you're having everyone yeah. do something in that same same realm yeah my kids thing. were stoked <clears throat> with that one that they got to do the art and hang it up in there and sell it yeah. and everything and that your daughter was, was a part of uh, an yeah. art show that i was so we've yeah. we've shared artwork next to each other on the on these gallery walls you know yeah um you, i guess i could talk about that art show that was really really cool man um myself and my wife thought of an idea called we called it past present and future and we got together with a few local organizations. Um, we became sponsored by the Allied Arts Council of Lake Havasu City, which I'm an executive member of, so I participate pretty heavily in that. Um, it's great, man. It's great. If you want to become a member, I think any one of us should. You don't have to be an artist, but you have to be a supporter of, of the arts, you know. Um, and is this just art, like paintings, drawings, sculptings, or does this include um, like performance art? It mostly includes performance art and musicians. Oh, really? Really. I didn't know that. The Allied Arts Council, um, the membership is um, visual artists, painters, um, but also um, organizations that are like um, uh, classical music organizations, dance organizations, theater organizations are all a member of this group. And uh, in membership, the way I've seen it is it's an organization that continues to uplift other members so all the members become a part of it and then you are able to have a, a collection or a safe space where you can share what's happening in your artistic world okay you know and it doesn't have to be just visual artists or just painters that's what's really amazing about it also you have administrative people that are from the um, education backgrounds and they're working with the the Allied Arts Council as well. So that's what I'm saying. You don't necessarily have to be a painter or an artist yourself to be a part of these groups. They just like the, you know, when you were in high school and you volunteered at random things you were interested in to put it on your college resume. Yeah. That kind of thing, but not to put it on your resume, just to do it, you know, yeah. because you like to support the arts. So people become members because they want to, um, and we need membership. It's kind of... Um, Are there any, um, like, because uh, stand-up's blown up pretty big out here mm -hmm. uh, the last couple of years. Are there any stand-up comics or any no. of those people that are on this? Stand-up com comedy uh, comedians should definitely join these join kind it. of groups because, okay. um, like I said, there's drama people in, involved in these groups. Yeah. Might as well join, you know? Like I said, anyone can be a member, and it's um, you're being able to enrich the community because this organization does certain things like support other art ventures. So because I'm a member <coughs> of the Allied Arts Council, I approached them and discussed with them the idea that me and my wife had called the Past, Present, and Future Art Show. Um, our idea was to put on an art show 
that was a benefit art show. So all the funds that we raised, we were going to donate to the Lake Havasu Unified School District for the arts department, okay. which we ended up doing. We That's donated awesome. two thousand dollars to the to the arts department in the That's schools, really cool. man. Um, and the art that was sold was a collection of art from artists that are working now. So we call that the present. Artists that are working would make a, pa a painting, donate it, and put it on display. On the far wall, we called it past. And a lot of us that have an art collection that is a personal art collection from artists that have passed away, we opened up our our collection to share with others. So um, myself. Yeah, you had some of your, your grandma's stuff in there, right? Yeah, some of my grandmother's paintings and etchings um, and ink drawings. Um, my wife's grandfather was also an artist, and he drew with ink on conch shells. Okay. Really cool. Really, really interesting stuff, you know, three-dimensional. It's a shell that's yeah. got this landscape drawn inside of it. and That's dope. And it was super cool. So, I mean, that's really where the idea stemmed. We wanted to share um, an older version of art from people that were important to us with the yeah. community. And a few other artists got involved because local artists have collections of artists that have passed away. So there's a, another local artist who passed a few years ago named uh, Janet McIntyre. Beautiful, beautiful landscape paintings. Um, and someone brought a painting out of the private collection and showed one of those paintings. Um, and we had a few other artists involved and all those were donated just to show from the artists that I, that yeah. I spoke with, you know. Um, and then, like I said, we had a, a large selection of present artists, all working artists. We all did a few pieces and donated it. And the future, we talked with a few schools and um, local art teachers, and they turned this project into a project for their students. Like an assignment, yeah. Yes for the high school ages and middle school ages students. I believe uh, about 40 to five to 55 students donated work. And the sponsors of the show, um, the Allied Arts Council, as well as Creative Comrades, which is a local young inspiring art group, uh, a similar sort of organization that funds lectures and funds um, gatherings and you know a, a way to build the artistic community they also sponsored this event we also had a, a lower grade uh, less of a sponsorship from the um, still still you know high high quality stuff from the uh, Lake Havasu Art Guild so nice. I guess you would call them maybe a sub sponsor whereas the other two sponsors were um, you know higher membership sponsors yeah. you know um, and then if maybe one or two Three, there's about three people that volunteered to help us put the artwork up and display. And then me and my wife. It was totally ran by me and my wife. It was, it was that great. Was yeah, th it we was went so to that nice. one. That was amazing, man. So Thanks, man. And yeah. so also with the, the organizations that um, help sponsor, we purchased um, all the canvases for the students to work on. So in the display, when you walked into the, the gallery, on one wall... It was, like I said, probably 55. Well, I think it was like closer to uh, 35 high school students and like 25 middle school students so um, and grammar school students. So the middle and grammar school students' work was on like four by four inch 
yeah, squares. Ones, yeah, yeah, the small little squares. And then, oh, you got to see all these different ideas that were great from that age group. And then the high school age group was a little bigger, six and inches by the, six the, inches. Some of the talent on those ones, man. The high school artists looked as they, as good as, as the current as good working as the, artists. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I was gonna say. I remember Just being beautiful. blown away beautiful. by some of those high school art paintings that were hanging up um and and just could not believe that that though that's who that was those were high school students those were you know 14 15 16 year old kids painting at a level that you 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 could honestly not you couldn't separate if that was a working artist like that could be something on display in a gallery and the work sold yeah and the work sold just like the working artists painting sold yeah jojo was super thrilled that she gave emily a hard time because hers sold yeah and emily's didn't and she's the older sister hey that's great man that's a part of putting art up for a gallery man yeah jojo sometimes it doesn't so you put your and it's the terrible heart about being an artist if you're going to try to do it for a living because you you finally get an artist show maybe you get your own gallery show you work so hard you do a series of 25 paintings and they're the the depth of your soul, this yeah. idea you want to so spread. You work so hard it. for it. It's your very first show. You're coming out of high, you know, art don't school. Don't sell shit. And you don't sell anything, yeah. man. What what happens then? Oh, you you know, and some a lot of times the artist can be very ego driven. So if you succeed in that moment, you're on top of the world. You yeah. are fly. You're you like, know I what made I mean? It. I you're made on, it. dude. I'm an artist. Sure. Oh, yeah. 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 So so artists that maybe do sell out early shows, it's really easy to see how an artist would get that air of, you know, maybe what you would think about when you think about the hoity-toity art person. (laughs) You know, whatever. My art is sold in galas. So what happens to that artist who's put work that maybe look, I mean, sometimes high-quality art just doesn't sell, you know? So what happens to that person? Maybe they don't do marketing as well. Maybe they're not as talkative of a person you know maybe they don't sell their image as well as the last person so yeah you you don't sell anything how does your ego feel and how does your depression come from that and how does the substance abuse come from that so that that was that's interesting to think about like where that stems for an artist because it's your whole heart and soul in a painting you know so but one thing with art is literally you can make a million paintings in your life i don't know or (laughs) <laughs> you know, thousands of paintings that you make in your life and never sell any. But if one suddenly sells, like like there was that whole stupid thing with the banana and the duct tape, that, that art thing that sold. You, you saw that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For like an astronomical amount. Yeah. Imagine just being a person who's had a bunch of different art your whole life, never really sold. You sure. got it into it. You know, you've been in some of these art events and these galas and you've been part of these galleries before. And then suddenly it's just the right person being there. Yep. Because that's because art all. is subjective. Yep. It's literally I might pay a thousand dollars for a piece of art that everyone else thinks is worthless. You yep. know what I mean? So it's one person looks at it and goes, "Oh my God, what do you want for that?" And then they're just like, "I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars." And suddenly you're like, "Holy shit!" But also, I just sold art for a hundred thousand dollars. It's interesting because you don't know how much of the art sales world involves the talking up of the piece yeah when you're able to spin a certain image about the work and possibly you have art critics that are talking good about it for whatever reason but there's this certain time certain place certain people involved and all these things click and that piece of modern art sells for x amount of money right it's not something that's tangible it's not something you can put into words and why it exactly happens like that but it does you know and does that mean that the artist whose work doesn't sell is as important as the artist whose work that does sell? They are as important because Definitely. just because 
their art that was there that day wasn't the appreciated by the people who attended that day. That's right. it. It's or the judges that the, attended yeah, that you were meetings, the you people because art is such a subjective thing. You know, it's so if somebody's like, well, that's not worth as much as that. That's that day. That's that room. You could put that same piece of art in a different one across the country with a totally different audience. And it might be ranked number one. Yeah, that's true. Amongst those people. So it's that's why the art career is so hard to, yeah. to tie down and to, to pursue. When I bet it's it's also a, it's like a what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, it, you could beat yourself up over it. That's exactly it. And that's where I was trying to find the word. That's I why people, you know, can think about an artist that, you know, has problems because that can come with it. So you need to be a strong person yeah. in your will and strong mentally to be able to understand that, you know, that can happen. So just the wrong room. That's the wrong it. Room. That's so, the same with comedy. It's the same with a band. Totally, totally. You can have, you can do a local show, have 150 people packed in a small venue and then play out of town and nobody likes you, you know? So you need to, if you're someone that's going to pursue any sort of, any sort of art in based endeavor, arts or craft that. based endeavor, yeah. you have to understand that. And so one thing that helps is having a clear focus on what is going to be your career path. Um, another thing that helps is being someone that supports others because you can understand that other artists success in my opinion is your own success Absolutely. if I see the local artist scene thriving and growing and more people making art and more people selling art I'm ecstatic I'm very yeah. happy that that happens because um, as you build a community you see the success growth happening and that um, that fuels the other artists. So again, that's one reason why me and my wife really organized this art show that was called Past, Present, and Future. Um, it I think went above off that, it's also, a, that's another reason you and your wife click so well. Oh, absolutely. Is, is that exact same thing. Absolutely, yeah. man. Absolutely. Um, so that show worked so, so well. We um, raised two grand for the, the arts in the community. Um, and uh, we haven't been able to do it since, yeah. you know. So that was the very last um, thing that we uh, organized and put together. And it worked super, super well. And it basically was just uh, a way to bring a gallery type of setting into our small town and to have an event that's art-based happen over the weekend. And that was a good know. turnout, man, too. We had a great turnout a great from turnout. the community. Yeah. You know, we had art teachers from the community show up. All the artists that attended participated um all the artists that participated attended um and th that's another thing about fostering that community and working with other people is um everybody that attended and worked to create art for this that person told x amount of people right. about the show and that's the only reason why it succeeded um one we knew that an art show of that caliber in a small town community like this wouldn't be profitable and people wouldn't really attend it unless there was a purpose yeah. because you got to understand exactly like you were saying earlier, your, um, your demographic and your community. So, you know, like personally me, I know if I make a painting, I know it will not sell for a hundred thousand dollars in this town, right? I, my community that purchases the specific fine art that I make is not geared towards this community. I sell, um, I sell tattoos to this community and that's one, aspect but you might say that's lowbrow art um the fine art and the highbrow art that i make that sells to collectors all over the world you know um generally 
Now, how now there you, there are some local. Do you sell those online or online? Mm-hmm, online through my website adamromano.art, um, and I get commissions and I sell commissions and things like that. Now that is not to say I don't have local commissions, yeah. but so the local commissions do come through. Um, and that's stuff where like it's hanging in a restaurant. It's or hanging something, in a restaurant locally, mm-hmm. or maybe it. I uh, because I've been doing art for so long and I specialize in tattooing, doing like a realistic portraits and fine art portraits. That has started to travel into the fine art world. So locally, I'm able to offer very, very reasonable and small priced paintings that are realistic based. Very, very few and far between. But there is some more people coming to me based on um, just getting the name out to the community. And well, I've seen you've done, really you've done like a wedding kind of paintings or engagement paintings generally or yeah and then yeah. I, i've seen you do pet ones too yeah yeah and that's the kind of thing that i've i've you know it's what clients are quite interested in yeah. you know i do um i do macabre and dark surrealism paintings and that type of stuff generally doesn't sell it's for my own personal uh, personal growth you know personal personal <laughs> this, this is for my personal this is my personal collection and that's what i do for you yeah, know that stuff just ends do. up in here it ends up here yeah <laughs> it ends up in here and every once in a while one of those might sell um to someone in another country or in yeah. another state or something um but I guess my point is on that is if you're going to be a, a working artist, you have to be able to cater to many different demographics or like, again, like you said, understand the demographic. I am okay with my experimental artwork yeah. not selling. I'm totally okay with the experimental stuff that I put my heart and soul and my life into not selling because I expect it not to sell. Right. I'm not doing it for that, you know, but I'm doing, but you still want to show it. I want to show it. Yeah. And it, and that grows people's <clears throat> minds and stuff, you yeah. know, because the price I tag, I would put on that painting is going to be way more than somebody might pay for their price budget. You know, that's not to say that there is something I create in their budget. If they want a tattoo, they can get a tattoo for me. And that's a very popular lowbrow form of art that's happening right now. And I love tattooing. I've been doing it for a long time. And that's my my main driving force, you know. Yeah. So anything I do in fine art always kind of funnels into the tattoo world. And from that, it, it separates into the fine art world. So people know that I do uh, beautiful realism portraits and tattooing. They say, hey, maybe that guy can do an animal drawing of, you know, a puppy of mine. Or maybe that person can paint my wedding photo. And then you're like, and then I they, absolutely I actually can. do. And then yeah. I, on my website, I have um, galleries of that stuff. So... I stretch out in a few different ways. I don't stretch myself thin everywhere. Um, I do this, but this is only a few hours a week, and it's a fun social yeah. thing that we can do that we put out into the community. Um, and then I spend all my, the rest of my time painting and just just doing things like that. And it helps, you know. It's it's really understanding and being persistent with um, your goals, and not, you know, if you have high goals, understand how to get to those places. I live and work in a small community. So that's not to say my goals are low, but my goals are high for this community. But I'm making the steps to create my own and to build my own arts community. Yes. Not to say my art community, yes. but I want to be a part of an art community that I help foster and grow. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why we do the podcast thing. We used to play music together and yeah, that I, didn't really work out for us too well. I offer nothing <laughs> <laughs> to the community. I uh, No, I mean, I... I offer things like because I do support like when <clears throat> like it, when you have an event, I support it. I share it um, when there are cool community events for things like that. I want to support them and share them with this podcast. That's another platform to do those types of things, which is cool. 
Yeah, it's a platform um, to have community organizers on to share yeah, their stories. Yeah, or if we just know we have somebody who not necessarily comes on, but that we've talked to them about events or been at events of theirs in the past, we can be like, hey, there's another event coming up this weekend. Everybody check it out. Um, so it, 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 that's what I have to offer. I don't have as much cool artsy stuff as you and uh, talents, but uh, my talents are more just uh, with my mouth. I'm very talented with my mouth, you know? <laughs> You know, you know what that means. You guys can decipher that, you know. Take it as you will. I do with my mouth. You're just looking at me like, God, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> you can believe I just I said I can it. believe you, say, you yeah. say things like that. I say stuff off the wall sometimes. My brain just works that way. That's what you bring. Yeah. You just talk to people. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's it. It's all I do. I wish I was. I wish it was what I did for a living. I wish people were like, "What do you do?" And I'm just like, "I just talk to people." I, I host a podcast. No, not even. I would just literally say, "I talk," and they're like, "No, like for a living." That's what lobbyists do. And I'm do. like, "I don't want to be a lobbyist." That's what I'm saying. It's all about what your skill set can be, what you think will be suitable for you for your career choice, um, and your realistic goals, where you want to live. You know, you know, if you wanted to be a lobbyist, you'd have to move. To well, Washington. I, you know? I actually had an idea when you were talking about all the art gallery stuff in my head. I was like, that would be a really cool hobby or job. Not all of that, but to be the guy who like stands in there and just vocally, loudly starts critiquing art. But I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I don't know anything. Yeah, about but people art. start to gather around you, and, and I you're start. Like... I start finding meanings that are just nonsense in each painting and making them seem far more prolific than what the artist actually had in mind. That's good. Though. And then, but that's, that's then cool. people are like, oh, I didn't even see that. I didn't even see but that. But if like, it makes sense to but the I painting, just, I just know? look at it and I say some really pretentious stuff about. I can't believe that people don't, un, un, they are completely underestimating the power in this painting. Like they do not see the true suffering that the artist had to go through to make these strokes and like all these things. And then people are like, Jesus Christ, this is more prolific. So do you think that's probably, there's that's plants probably, for sure. That's probably a person's job. Yes. That's, that's probably why large scale art galleries can make X amount of money. Sometimes. Yeah. Cause they have somebody in there they call who the, just the plant. Yeah. It's like a, a it's like an art fluffer. You know what I mean? I they're guess. just fluffing up the audience and their, their wallets, you know, like, getting, Oh, you look at everyone that. Stand up. Everybody yeah. stand up. Look how amazing this portrait is. And then people are like, Oh, he seems like he really knows his stuff. He's probably more wealthy and successful than me. And, a lot in big cities, especially like big art galleries and events, that's kind of why people go to them is to, yeah. oh, I spent a hundred thousand on a painting. You're not doing it because you actually like the art sometimes, sure, but you're doing it to tell people. No, you're not. You're no? doing it as an investment. As an investment. Generally, large scale art purchasers know the market and understand the smoke and mirrors aspect yeah. of it and understand the, it's all about, it's really a small group of people that sell like galleries, it's a small group of galleries that sell really, really high-priced work, and it's a small group of collectors that buy high-priced work. So these people basically make the market, and if you're someone who's able to be a, a investor at art, you know, you invest it like in Wall Street. You know what you're buying, and you can determine almost to a T what it'll be like. I'm sorry, what it'll be worth in five to 10 years. Yeah. You actually can t make a gamble what and say, of, uh, this will be, value there will be for it. this yeah. painting, if I buy it right now for X amount in 50 years for my son and daughter, if they, if I want to give that painting to them, 
this painting will be worth X amount of money. They can buy a house with it. That's generally, you know, there's, it's like flipping real estate. I would, I would say, I mean, obviously there's going to be people with large pocketbooks that buy artwork for the love of it, but I'd say a large part of what really drives the art industry might be uh, more investment based, which is interesting. Yeah, totally, man. Which is interesting because a lot of artists that are making work don't think in terms of dollars and cents. So you're, you're thinking other people have a vested interest in art careers sometimes. Um, and that creates the artist's successful career, hmm. not necessarily the artist being good at work or even good at marketing. Yeah. It could be that face in the right place in the right time. Yeah. They have Very one really good high dollar one that sells. Um, Maybe one painting. And then their really name gets out there. So then their name just gets attached to it. So then people get in bidding wars over those types of things and purchase them because, oh, it's a so-and-so it's a painting. Such and, such. Yeah. And, and it could be interesting because there's some artists that it's, it's, it's funny how an artist can do realism painting and take three to five months to do one painting. And it looks beautiful. It looks like a person that has old wrinkled skin on a beach and you can see the water and you can feel it and you can taste the salt and it's amazing to you if you look at it and then there's another uh, and that and that painting doesn't sell yeah and then there's another artist who's able to create seven paintings in a five-hour work day and each one of those sells for a hundred thousand dollars right tomorrow Yeah. yeah so who's the more successful artist you know I'd say successful if you're talking about it in, in dollars and cents and career. It's absolutely the one who you bust out five paintings, sell five paintings, you know, but that's for, yeah. for who's more successful at That's your definition you, of success, really. If, if you're looking at a career standpoint. But with art, I think that it's deeper than that. Um, some of the most successful musicians that I feel the success is reaching somebody. You make them feel a certain thing. You have that connection with the viewer, the listener, um, the person who's looking at your art and whatever feeling you wanted to portray, you have now successfully given. If you wanted somebody to look at something and, and exactly that smell the salt in the air and, and like literally they can look at this painting and they're taken to a whole nother place and put into a different type of mood because you did that. I think that's true success when it comes to art as, as being a successful artist. Um, and some of those people, don't make shit, you know, but they have the most like prolific art that when you look at, you're just like, geez, like it really just draws you in and makes you feel certain things. You know, there's musicians the same way bands that never took off and were really big, but they had like one or two songs that you remember hearing at one point that like changed your day, changed your week, changed your mindset, you know, and it's, I think that's also success. It's not always dollars and cents. It's true. Um, And one thing that you might not know about fine artists Sometimes there are grants that artists apply for that organizations give to artists to support the arts. So what that means is, let's say I'm an artist that creates work that doesn't sell in a gallery or maybe sold in a gallery five years ago. And now my work, it may be a continuation of what I was doing that was successful. Um, but it's a uh, different, it's similar, but it's grown and it's different and maybe it's not found an audience anymore. So maybe um, I do a gallery show and it works and it's successful five years ago. Um, I do another one this year and it's unsuccessful. I don't really make much money from it. What 
might be interesting for the artist at that point is to go for one of these really important artist grants. And with that, you're able to have an idea, have a vision as an artist and say, if I took six months out of my life and I made these, let's, this is just a random, let's say I made these seven paintings that were all large scale and they, each one of them was a part of a series that told something important about something important fill in blanks wherever yeah. you know wherever the the grant office or you know whoever's giving the grant is interested in supporting maybe it's for a museum yeah. you know a museum to share um, a story about um, something really bad that happened and these paintings are going to illustrate that um, so you're painting these beautiful seven paintings with the idea that they will not sell specifically but you're painting with the idea that they will be in a museum right right so you're able to get a grant from an organization and they give you your year salary and in that year salary you as an artist are able to spend all of your time creating these seven paintings okay and then they have a home to go to afterwards huh. so you're spending you you've got money you're you're you might not be rich it might be a good stipend. It but might be a good a amount. you're making a living. Yeah. You're making a living, yeah. and you're able to go into it. What's more important, if you're an artist, is what you want to do every day. So if you want to go into your studio every day and work on something while, that's while gonna collecting be money. meaningful, yeah. while actually making while a living. not having to worry about how you your bills You may not make paid, a grip of money. You your know? bills, you know. Sure. You're making money. Absolutely. And you're able to have a space to create this this magic, whatever this art is, you know. And then you know that once it's created, it has a home. It's going in a certain place. It's going to be right there for other people to see. If you're not, if you don't have that grant and if you don't have a gallery to sell your work, you might create very prolific, beautiful work. But if it's in a vacuum, yeah, then you have no one to show it to. You have no one to say how beautiful it is. Yeah. You have no one to give it its life as a painter. The painting is like almost nothing yeah, until a, somebody looks at it. It's a giant paperweight that you, you know, it's a, it's a, if you paint something and then never show it to anyone, you feel like, why did I spend my time doing that? Like, yeah, you can love art. Um, and there's people who do it for a hobby and they don't ever show anybody because, you know, they don't think they're good enough or they have their own reasons to not show. Yeah. And they just do it for the fun and the love of actual painting, which artists do too. Yeah. But as an artist, I think it's kind of like with with any like with any art, you know, you get kind of that that mental high after the first few times that you show off your art and it's well well appreciated or or well received or people get a feeling about it and you feel proud. It's that proud thing. Yeah. You know, you're proud to show off something that you've created. Um so then if you've already done that to go back and just paint as a hobby, I feel like would be hard because you you kind of miss that like you're still proud of it, it but depends. if nobody's if nobody's looking at it, like you're not yeah. asking people to like tell you, like, oh, I'm so fucking proud of you. You're yeah, not looking yeah. for the pat on the back, but it's your own thing of just knowing that it hangs somewhere. Or you showed that, it to one person. Yeah, knowing know. that somebody has seen it. Maybe it made them feel happy. Maybe it made them remember something about their past that, you know, or, or whatever. It, it brought something out of that person. Right. Um, they didn't even have to tell you. But when people see it, there's a chance. Yeah. You know, it's something to think about if you want to be a creator, because yeah. you have to let your creation go and you have to have a home for the creation to to, to live in. You know? Yeah. Um, because other than that, what somebody told me once, uh, it's masturbation. 
<laughs> that's all it is if you just yeah. do it. like if you play music just for yourself it's just masturbation yeah, <laughs> yeah. no one else is enjoying it yeah you, know? <laughs> you might be enjoying yourself but nobody else so you gotta share it with people you gotta share it yeah quit tugging on it and let some other people tug on it with you, you know let some other people <laughs> let some other people enjoy in on the fun too that's a really messed up i can't believe terrible somebody message. in the art community told you that huh it's like masturbation if you don't show off well, they didn't art. say it like that I don't know why you added the weird southern inflection to because it. anybody who says you know doing art by yourself is masturbation i feel like it they sounded might. really fancy when they said it you know autumn yeah yeah when you paint only for yourself and no one sees it <laughs> might as well just be tugging your wanker <laughs> that's not very fancy the way i mean the the accent was fancy <laughs> whatever I'm not, I'm not a fancy guy i don't know how to be fancy i can't i can't even act fancy that's terrible yeah, I've seen you low in class a, shit. Am I? I've seen you in a tie before, and you look really uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I, I well, hold, on, I look uncomfortable, but I also look good. <laughs> I've never, I want a bow tie. I've never worn. You like would a be a bow tie guy, straight bro. bow tie. Thing. I think you I would, think would be a bow tie guy. A bow tie guy, Way especially more. with the mustache. If when yeah, I had it. yeah, we got to get you a bow tie, man. Yeah, with or without the mustache. Just a bow tie guy. I think you're a bow tie guy. I think without the mustache, I'd look too much Pee Wee Herman though with the bow tie. It'd be, it might be good too. I, it's not. <laughs> it's not good. The wife wouldn't like it. Yeah, me looking all Pee Wee Herman in my bow tie. No, <laughs> nobody's attracted to that. There's nobody out there today who's like, do you remember Paul Rubens? Ooh. Oh, he really did it for me in the '90s. Like, Pee Wee. Oh my, nobody. There's not one person who's like. Well, that was fun about. He was like fantasizing about. He was fun fun character wasn't that innocent he <laughs> <laughs> got in a little bit of trouble for how innocent he was not <laughs> just saying no but the character peewee herman was yeah, yeah. the character he's a simpleton yeah. innocent you know fun guy so yeah i think you would be great with a bald face and a bow tie yeah that's that's, what's <laughs> that's, that's next year's halloween costume as i'm peewee herman yeah yeah that's that'll be our one year episode i was coming here like peewee herman <laughs> and we'll have probably the most prolific guest we've ever had at that time, and I won't right. I won't tell anybody I'm doing it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. Oh man. <clears throat> so yeah, you were we were talking earlier, and you you were like, what are we going to talk about? And then I just get on art, and you just go. <laughs> yeah, I'll just roll. <laughs> you start talking about art. I'll just roll. And this guy just fucking goes. He'll he'll talk forever about art. I like to study it too. I like to study yeah. art history, and it's it's really interesting. No, I know. Me, you know. And you're going to be teaching it, right? Who knows. Who knows? Who knows? I'm learning how. Well, to. I mean, you already have taught it. Like you, I delivered yeah. lectures. You I delivered a lectured last week, actually, to a, a local art class. It was um, uh, middle school grade students, and I delivered a 10 minute lecture on what it is to me to work as a tattoo artist and to work as a member of the community and how community fosters the basically what I just talked with you about earlier. I yeah. delivered at a, to a lecture um, of with students um, yeah. not too long ago, and it was really, really awesome. Man. So you treat me the same way you treat children. Yeah. You huh. know, <laughs> about, you know, the third grade to seventh grade ratio. Yeah, that's, that's about where that's I fall. How in, I speak I with you. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense for anybody who's yeah, I've seen or um, listened to us before. Right? They, they completely understand. I, I delivered, um, that organization creative comrades I was telling you about, I delivered a slideshow presentation. It was about a half hour on the history of tattooing. Nice. I reached out to a couple of really influential people um, and organizations and magazines, and I shared some images that they let me share. Um, and it was killer, man, about 45 slides. And I started from what I, what I could recollect as some of the first concrete evidence of tattooing that goes back to, um, 
2600 BC. Jeez. Yeah. Um, and so I started there and then continued um, small bits of evidence and slides sharing some information from the tattoo world Damn. that far back up to modern tattooing. It was killer, man. It was killer. I also organized um, a workshop for students. This was about four years ago. I remember that, yeah. That one was killer, man. Yeah, that's the one I was actually talking about. Oh, was it the first time? Yeah, Yeah. so the workshop was called the Fall Artistry um, Workshop. Um, I organized it with help from my wife and with help from one, two, three, four local teachers. Volunteered their time on a Saturday. Um, Who else helped us? That was put on by the Allied Arts Council of Lake Havasu. Um, 360 Deli donated waters. Nice. Little Caesars donated pizzas. The Havasu Ballet Organization performed a show during the lunchtime for the children. And what we did was organized four stations. One station where I taught the kids how to paint with watercolors. Um, And I taught them with, we gave them high quality art product. That was like the most important thing to me, to give them high quality stuff that I'm using and show them how to use it. So we did an hour lesson and that rotated. So my lesson, my workshop area was that with the help from my wife. And then um, a teacher talked about acrylic painting on a rock. Another teacher taught about another form of acrylic painting. And we had an English teacher describing storytelling. So there were kids that were learning how to organize a story and they can use that in however they want it. And, sh- and uh, that teacher was so awesome. She wanted to volunteer and I was like, yeah, let's do it. She was like, are the kids gonna wanna write at a, at a workshop for art? And I was like, some of them. And if they don't wanna write, then this is just a fun time for them to have fun to draw about yeah. stuff, you know, give them an idea. And it, it was school-based, but it was so relaxed in, in a really interesting environment run by artists to be uh, a growth type of thing. Um, and it was a, a maybe a five-hour period um, where, like I said, they had a lunchtime where the ballet did this cool – I'm not into ballet, so I left, you know. But some people got a lot out of it. Some of yeah. the kids got a lot out of it. And the ballet did a whole thing. Um, and then uh, they, they every hour switched and did a different workshop. And it was killer, man. So I also I volunteered when I was like um, in high school. I volunteered working for after school programs. Um, I was even in a class that organized a whole after school um, camp lesson plan. So we, we, you know, like when you're in high school and when I was in high school, there were the lower grades were out in one week for fall and were out in like two weeks in the springtime. And the high school wasn't out like that. So in that time that the kids were out, we had students come to the school and we organized a, a daycare slash after school program fun activities thing. So I learned how to write lesson plans for that and spend a few months planning something. And then we had a time where the students were there and we organized all these cool learning and, you know, I knew you then and them. I didn't know any of this. Yeah, man, I was yeah. doing stuff, dude. I was too busy. You didn't care. Not paying you attention. You don't care <laughs> about anything. <laughs> so I, I have um, experience in in education in some fashion, but now I'm actually going to school to learn education. Yeah. So does that mean I'm going to be a teacher one day? Maybe, maybe not. But I feel like I am someone who any kind of group organization that I that or any kind of thing that I am involved in creating or even in my day-to-day speech, 
I guess I kind of want to be a teacher in that aspect, yeah. you know, and enrich the lives of other people that I'm talking to. So if I can learn how to do that, that's that's why I'm going to school, you know, to work on more fine art and to work on, um, you know, learning what it's like to and how it is to teach people. You know? No, man, I definitely think you, you should teach. Um, in, in, like you said, in, in one aspect or another, whether it's just like a school art room or it, it's something you're passionate about. And I've seen the look in your face. I mean, you used to get down on the floor and, and paint and draw and, and teach my kids how to paint and yeah. stuff. And it's something that like when you're it's one thing to share your art, but to share your knowledge of how I think it, it brings you a, a higher level of joy than I than I think just doing the art itself does like. Yeah, like uh, nurturing somebody else's creativity and, and, and watching it bloom and then check back or, you know, zoom out, pan to a couple of years later, being able to see their art progress because of what you've taught them and what they've yeah. learned elsewhere because of you nourishing that creativity inside them. Or just like planting a seed that grows into like this art idea yeah. or something, you yeah. know, because like I said, that, that growth is going to foster some positivity in my life. It could be even monetary, you know. Yeah. If that kid grows up to want to buy artwork, maybe that person buys artwork from me. You know right. what I mean? But not that you know yeah. that's obviously not the point, you know. But maybe a little. <laughs> why not? Well, it, that that again fosters the idea of if let's say I do a presentation for a lot of adults, you know, yeah. and they don't have never heard of me before, but after this presentation on art history or tattoo history, they learn that I'm a tattoo artist. Oh wow, cool. I'm not someone that's going to get a tattoo, but that's really cool. And they look at the work at my website at evermodo.art and see that I do paintings. And then they use that as a referral to the next time somebody's interested in doing a painting. Right. You know? um, that's the monetary aspect of it. But the cultural aspect of it is so much more important to me because if, if, if we can get people to be interested in artwork and get their circle of people interested in artwork because of their excitement – then we can start to see more galleries. We can start to see more art shows. We can start to see more art events. We can start to see more public art. We can start to see more free art. We can start to see people that are um, living in a creative mindset That's and a the positive big one for mindset. That was what I was going to say. Is uh, I don't think people realize, you know, a, a lot of people, the arts are so underfunded and, and they have been getting more and more so our entire lifetime. Yeah. Um, but with all the innovation, with uh, being a creative person, getting really into art translates into being creative in other aspects of your life and yes. your career and in your um, ambitions. Yes. And you, you are a creative thinker, whether it's writing, whether it's whatever, if you, if you used to be really into art, maybe you're not anymore, but you still have that same creative mindset and you, you learned how to use it and make something out of nothing. Cause that's what art really is. It's yeah. you, you make, you turn nothing into something, exactly. an idea that you had that you have now brought to life. And with animation, with art, with anything, it's the same with career ambitions, goals, personal growth as a human being, innovations, everything. Being able to take something from your head, an idea that you have, and turn it into something. That's a skill set yeah. that is, is very nurtured from, from arts. And, and that's why arts need more funding. That's why the art program is so important. And people don't realize it. And people that learn how to create art and are comfortable and not judgmental or not jealous or are happy with the work that they create, <clears throat> even in some fashion. I, I mean, like, 
if let's say if you are going to draw something and it gets you frustrated and you stop doing it, yeah, right. If you're able to draw and create something and work through that frustration and not let that affect you at all, who cares what it looks like? Right. You know what I mean? If you have that mindset and you use your creative outlet to create things that feel good to create and you don't have an extra stress on your mind by creating it, you know, but if you can learn to harness that, that, that creative energy and just make something, it can be a very simple drawing. It can be, it doesn't have to be anything kind of fancy, but if you can get some sort of emotion out, you will, um, I think me personally, it helps my mental energy. It helps my, um, mental clarity. It helps like me as it's a therapy. therapeutic. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're able to do that and learn that skill, you can become so successful at whatever monetary career you choose. Right, even if know? it's not in that artistic uh, path. Our, our guest a few weeks ago, Stephen Matt, talked about how he would draw all the time. And in his work now, he's very successful. And he doesn't draw. No. But he enjoyed that, you yeah. know, and used that into his career life. So um, fostering of the arts in the schools and of people at all ages – translates into success in so many other ways because being a For creative sure. thinker is going to sure. help. Yeah. So on that, I think we are uh, hitting the tail end of our time. Oh, cool. So I just want to remind everybody, we're both, uh, I, I'm going to be on a podcast, still fucking up uh, this coming week. It's uh, youtube.com slash SFU podcast. Uh, if you haven't already checked them out, give them a like, subscribe to them, check them out. They're, they're great guys. Uh, they talk a lot about mental health and substance abuse. So it's not just dick and fart jokes. It, there's definitely some of that, but you know they get into politics. They get into a, a very heavily. Um, they both dealt with a lot of uh, mental health issues and substance abuse problems. They so, talk mostly so, about that stuff. Yeah, and and trying to reach out and help people in the community. They have guests cool. on who who deal with uh, mental health and who have oh, struggled yeah. themselves with it and uh, gone to treatments and therapies nice. and how how good that has been and and sometimes the failures from those types of things too right. and where where the country and, and and the community are lacking i look forward to hearing that episode because i'd like to hear your thoughts on 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 that subject yeah quite a lot yeah That's no gonna it, it's really gonna fun. be a, it's gonna be a fun talk for sure for sure That's awesome. and then uh yours is uh yeah i was just um recorded an episode of the don't assume podcast so you can check that out at all the major platforms don't assume podcast great inspirational podcast where you know, they challenge everyday assumptions that people have. And on the episode I was a part of, kind of similar to what we discussed today, we challenged the uh, the assumptions that folks have with becoming an artist and what it means to be a local artist. Uh, it's a great inspirational, great, great inspirational podcast. Zero dick and fart jokes. Zero of them. So if you want that, go check out that. If podcast. you watch us it for that, great. check them out, too. If you like <laughs> dick and fart jokes. Check out the other one <laughs> <laughs> or maybe change it up. If you like dick and fart jokes, but you like a break once in a while. Yeah. Check out. Don't assume. Check out something different. Or if you're a very educated person and you would love don't <laughs> assume, maybe check out something stupid. Something still fucking up. Yeah. You might, you know, get a break from all the, the educated stuff. So yeah. uh, thanks again, everybody. If you haven't already subscribe, um, we very much appreciate it. You guys have all been fantastic with your support, your comments and, and sharing our content. So thank you everybody. And, uh, Hats off. Bye bye bye.